Welcome to the Theory of DFS podcast. I'm Jordan Cooper, the co-author of The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports, How to Think Like a Professional DFS Player. It's a 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, the entire broad-based game theory of daily fantasy sports, any sport, NBA, NFL, MLB, college basketball, doesn't matter, all the concepts that uh, you will need in order to be a long-term, profitable winning player. Check it out, theoryofdfs.com. Join with me on it's, it's, it's Extra Helpings Week. It's Thanksgiving. All, all the content creators in the fantasy football space have to do double work. So I felt like, even though I don't do like slate-specific content, that I had to put myself through doing double duty this week and no better than to put more things on, on his plate <laughs> than the man that seems to be on every goddamn show that I watch throughout the week. It's uh, it's Peter Overzet, also known as Fleet Master Flex with the, with the fleets. Uh, are, at what point, Peter, are you going to get tired of fleeting? Well, it's interesting. I don't know. I mean, I got tired of TikToking, uh, so I, I gave that up. So we'll we'll see here. I mean, partly what drives me is uh, a lot of people. No one's doing like videos on the fleets. Everyone's just promoting a tweet or uh, promoting something they've done. It's like let's let's do something new on here, guys. So maybe I I get people doing more videos, and then my work will be done. Well, I mean, most people promote the shit that they do on their Twitter feed as it is. <laughs> yeah. No one needs uh, tips on how to promote their stuff. Everyone is very good at that. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting the, uh, my personally, I was expecting, you know, like they always show those little dashes at the top. Cause like yeah. they t- how many fleets, cause that's just like Instagram, like with the stories. Oh, yeah. So you could tell once you see that, that, that really thin dots, you're like, wow, this, this person had a lot of time on their hands the past 24 hours. And then you see all the graphics add to it with the little emoji things and the yeah. swipe ups because you have to add all that stuff in. And I look at that and uh, the thing that I was the most surprised about fleets is that that wasn't like the awesomeo.com like account because like it, <laughs> yeah. it tweets every like 74 seconds. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, I'm expecting all the fleets to be the awesomeo account. I know I make fun of that, but whatever. I mean, you, you promote stuff. Over there, but you're always active on your on your YouTube channel. We'll, we'll we'll put the link in the description below. You're on fucking everything, and I, and and seemingly seemingly I listen to everything. So maybe 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 it's a problem with me that's like okay, spl- I got splash play. Okay, I got splash play, and then it's like uh, like oh lols with Brian Hooper. Okay, I got I got Sometimes I got to tune in live to that. I have nothing to do on Wednesday night, so I'll go in there and make some luggage jokes. Or some shit in the chat. And then it's like, okay, what's coming? Oh, oh, ship chasing. Okay, I'm not that, I don't really care that much about that show because it's not DFS focused, but fuck it, I'll listen. Uh, and then <laughs> and then it's, oh, the swole cast. Oh, I got to do the swole cast because they're obviously someone's going to fucking make fun of me on that show. So I got I got to check that one out. And then, and then, uh, uh, what, what am I, oh, the bankroll challenge show. But oh no, the review yeah. show, then the bankroll challenge show. And I was on the bankroll challenge show. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm afraid to say, did I miss anything? I know. I think, I think you got it. I'm afraid if I miss something, because then it's a show I do with someone and then they're going to be offended that I forgot to mention <laughs> it on here. But no, I think, I think you about covered it there. Right. But I like the, uh, the bankroll challenge show that you do for Roto Grinders, as well as on your YouTube channel, you do one on, on Fridays and then you do a review show on Mondays. Now you did this, You started last season. Yeah. Uh, last season did not go very well. Uh, no. but from an overall perspective, I think we're both very similar content creators in the fact that uh, 
we both we both come from entertainment essentially. Like you started with improv, I did stand up comedy, and while you're more, I would consider you more in the fantasy football space, and I'm in the DFS related space because like I don't do season long content. Like it could be DFS, you know, Ukrainian badminton, and I'd probably still play it at some point. Uh, but like I always, when I started doing like the fantasy flush streams and stuff like four years ago, that. Like, I'm doing this for entertainment purposes. I'm an entertainer first. And then if I give out some strategic nuggets there, like, that's, like, the benefit. And I view you in the same facet of, like, most people like you because you're entertaining, not necessarily because you're the greatest fantasy football player, nor do you claim to be. And uh, while, obviously, now at Roto-Grinders, I, I, I do a lot flip in, a you know, the different, where, like, I happen to be entertaining, but I, my primary purpose is to give good DFS advice. Uh, in comparison to other people in the industry, not specifically, do you feel like uh, audiences in general, the general public, that maybe just stumble upon you? Because I see some of your streams where, where you know, like you, people tune into the Swolecast and go, these guys are fucking idiots. And like, no, this is an entertainment show. If you get ga- if you gather anything from it from a like an informational standpoint like that's secondary do you find that that you struggle uh I mean you obviously don't you're entertaining so I mean but do you struggle with with turning off uh the audience that just doesn't get that that you're an entertainment based product Yeah it is funny it's definitely different on the shows yeah the Swolecast one I mean now that we get you know how it works with the YouTube algorithm you'll start getting recommended to people just surfing on YouTube and they'll come in and want to hear the plays and uh and then they'll be very upset when we're just doing a bit for for 15 minutes so I think it is weird I'm in a weird spot where I do a ton of different shows and they sometimes have informational aspects sometimes they focus on entertainment but I think ultimately they don't have to be mutually exclusive right like that's the the thread we're trying to uh or the needle we're trying to thread there with our stuff is like you can be informative and still be entertaining it doesn't have to be dry good information or entertaining bad information right and you'd use very similar concepts in comedy to you know being self-deprecating i mean that's why like last year's bankroll challenge series what i mean you have to admit that it was last year was more entertaining and this year is much more informative but I think that it, it's a byproduct of your own DFS play that last year, I'm not saying that you that you were a, a horrible DFS player. No, but you can say that. Okay, I, I guess. That. Okay, then fuck it. I'll <laughs> say it. I'll say, I, I, I mean, I watched that show last year and like, I would, I would, I would beat my, I was like, like, fucking, what are you doing, Peter? Like, like you're, you go from galaxy brain to just play the best plays to like, there's no strategic concept in mind other than like, I'm going to mishmash this together and then, uh, have a review video where you're depressed on your couch and it's entertaining to watch, but like, like I'm not getting the, the greatest of, of advice here. And then this year, like you're bringing on guests, but your own analysis in the Monday videos is like, like there, there are things that you say that like that I 100% agree with that a lot of content in the industry, it doesn't exist. Your, your shows don't exist for the plays. You talk about the general strategy of a slate. You're going to play the spy. You have, you have a spreadsheet, even though I make fun of you that, you know, you, you win more money in other contests that aren't related to the challenge. 
Uh, so it really shouldn't be, it should be called the single entry challenge. But how, how do you go about uh, giving that good information? Like, I, I, I don't believe, if I had to pin it on you, I don't believe you consider yourself to be a DFS player. Like, you consider, like, the, the DFS portion is, like, the, 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 the pieces of the puzzle that help you create the content. But, like, when NFL is done, like, are you going to play NBA? Are you going to play MLB? Are you, I mean, are you going to do... Like, are you going to be a DFS player and you don't present yourself like that yet uh, because you do have skin in the game, you're being accountable to your audience that you automatically get the respect of being an actual good DFS player? Yeah, well, I think it all even circles back to what you said at the start with me being really bad at DFS last year is because all I played was NFL and I had played a ton of fantasy football. So, you know, like everybody, I have these opinions on these guys and these player takes and these team takes. And like you said, I was the I used the analogy. I was a plastic bag floating in the wind, getting blown from one thing because I had no process. It was literally looking at slate after slate and trying to, you know, dig deeper uh, than other people. And it was actually this offseason when I started doing Wolves with Brian and we had nothing going on with COVID that I was like, screw it. Let's play League of Legends DFS. Let's play MMA PGA. And that's when things started to click for me of like, oh, how this is a game The the who whatever is being played out there. It doesn't matter. The DFS game is the same. And I think being able to get those reps this offseason and then apply that to the NFL season is really where where things clicked for me. But with with that in mind, uh, I mean, obviously, you show your 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 DraftKings screen and you make fun. You know, you, you still haven't spent your crowns yet. I don't know why. Uh, like they're, they're only going to go down in value. Like, I don't understand. Like, just enter the contest. You know, it's five hundred and fifty crowns to a dollar. Like, what's what, what do you think DraftKings is just going to say? You know, for shits and giggles, we're going to make them worth more. Like, that's never, it's like airline miles. They're not going to just say that they're worth more. It's only going to be worse for you. Uh, well, I also could have uh, taken money out. But when you do all these screen shares, I'm just trying, I need to hit six-figure crowns. I mean, that's just my goal right now, Jordan. <laughs> but but you put but you put it up there. And, like, it to me, it gives credibility like I view uh, content like I I like Nassim Taleb has a book, Skin in the Game. Like I've read I've read all of his books. Uh, I think uh, uh, Fooled by Randomness is is the best start. I mean, like probably the easiest read. And that and and Fooled by Randomness is kind of like play whatever you want. I mean, like that's it's. I say it as as yes, I'm entertained. I, I'm making hyperbole for the sake of creating a meme, but it's like. There's so much variance in the games that we play that like to really go down and like, well, in these matchups and these little things, it's like, dude, like one play in a game, like, like, fuck it. It's all, it's all your research is out the window. The only thing that's consistent is the opponents that you play and how they're going to react. And that's going to be less variant when people look at a slate and go, well, I got to play Mike Davis at 4,000. Like I could better predict that than what's going to happen in the Panthers game. So uh, when you do have skin in the game and uh, like for your bankroll challenge, people, if they came out of nothing, they didn't know who you are and they saw like, okay, this guy plays these contests every week. Like, it's like, you see it on your spreadsheet. You went up to, hey, you had a good win. So you're like, I'm going to play the baby spy too, right? Screw it. Yep. You know, like, and I, I do the same thing. I play one entry in the spy, one entry in the power sweep. 
When, I mean, I play those single entries, but I also play 100-plus lineups in the slant and the play action. And then I also play several thousand dollars in, in cash games. Like, when I go on shows, I feel internally, at least, that, like, I've, I've looked at every aspect of this slate on this site. Like, I play on DraftKings primarily. Every once in a while, I do play on FanDuel. For NBA season, I'll play one lineup on FanDuel. Either it's going to be a cash lineup or it's going to be some single entry, like a $100 single entry lineup. Only because I end up going on shows and people play enough on FanDuel that, like, I should know what the hell's going on on FanDuel. I may not play Yahoo. Sometimes I do play Yahoo. It really it really depends. But if someone asks me a question about Yahoo, I just say, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I could look at the projections and, and give you an answer just like you can, but I have I don't know what the ownership's going to be. I don't know what the lineup construction's going to be. Like, every site is different. So, like, when you go on your bankroll challenge, really, you're talking about DraftKings. You're talking about the spy on DraftKings. This past week, we had Taysom Hill at quarterback on one site, at tight end on the other. It's like the strategies for both sites are completely different. But you're But you gain credibility by... Well, you're you're actively like publicly putting your money, your money, your your money where your mouth is, not on the plays. I want to focus away from like who do I think is going to do well, but like you're going to put a hundred bucks on the line. It doesn't matter if it's a hundred bucks or a dollar or a thousand dollars, but I would assume that you gain you gain so much more trust in the audience when you go over strategies and it's stuff that you must have thought of. You're not just throwing shit out your ass because there's no consequence in doing so. And you're doing that live on the stream, making a decision on Sunday morning, and then being accountable on Mondays to your audience. Don't you think that 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 has so much value, especially in an industry where there's tons of content uh, and tons of people that make DFS content? And I'm not I'm not talking about specific people. But just in general, where rando sites somewhere, major mainstream outletters, like here's three DraftKings, you know, it's sponsored content, right? A lot of times. And yeah. and the person writing it is someone that like, like, dude, are you even going to play on Sunday? Like, like outside of this, like how, how much trust can I have in your opinion when you have no downside in it? Yeah. And I notice it. I, I think I fell into that just subconsciously. Like when, you know, I have my discord and when I talk to people in there, like I, I find myself saying, I have a lot of this guy. I'm getting a lot of this guy. When I talk about stuff, I, I normally just put it in the first person because that's all I can do is say, I don't think I'm going to play this guy this week because that's just the only way I think about things. I'm like, you might find it interesting for me to tell you what I'm doing and maybe the reason behind it, but I'm not going to tell you this guy is a great play. I'm just going to tell you what I'm doing because that's all I feel comfortable doing. Right. I mean, we uh, Jonathan Bales had a, a recent post on Lucky Maverick uh, called uh, "Prop Bets Hedging Skin in the Game in Remote Work." I'll link it in the in the, the YouTube description and the in the podcast notes. And I'll uh, the portion of here why skin in the game matters. Like he he quoted one of the I mean one of the quotes from Taleb about him being on television. And having part, he was on a television with two journalists and they asked him about, you know, what, what they thought would the business wise of Microsoft. And basically he said that, like, I don't own any stocks, so I have no fucking opinion about it. Like, like I, like, there's no reason to, to, for me to even chime in. Cause he said like, don't tell me what you think. Tell me what you have in your portfolio. So like Jonathan Bales is very big 
and I'm I'm definitely big into the the concept of downside of like when we're in real markets when people have skin in the game and actual downside when they're wrong it's not just the people operating that are meaningful it's all about the people that are no longer there the ones who lost their money or were otherwise forced out who truly matter whenever there's a me- mechanism for poor ideas or minus ev actions to die off Whenever an industry or field mimics natural selection, it means whatever's left is statistically more likely to be in line with reality than in areas where there's no such survival of the fittest trait. And one of the, there's no such survival of the fittest trait in fantasy content, but there's definitely survival of the fittest trait in actual fantasy football contests because if you're wrong, you lose money and the more money you lose, you go broke and you can't play anymore. So, I take a look at DFS. It's now 2020. And, you know, DFS kind of started, what, 2009-ish? Very, very... And then it got bigger in, like, 2014, 2015. And, like, you have to assume, based on this, based on survival of the fittest, that those, especially with information, like, the edges of this game, you know, get smaller and smaller and smaller. In 2012, just knowing, like... Who's going to be out for a basketball game was like, Hey, that that's a big edge here. Like you could, for 40 bucks, you could get like the, a better projection model than you could make yourself in five years of studying how to do it. And all the possible information, uh, if you're good and profitable at the game now versus 2012, doesn't that mimic natural selection as the people that you see that are profitable, it could be in any in any type of tournament. It doesn't have to be large field GPPs. It could be small field GPPs. It could be cash games. But if you consistently see their names in the lobby and they don't go away, uh, you would have to assume that whatever they're doing is most likely in line with optimal strategy, at least currently. Five years from now, you may have a drop-off of people. But those that were necessarily successful in 2012 that you don't see now it's more likely than not that their strategies were may may have been uh, plus EV in 2012, but no longer provide an edge now. And like predators have eaten the prey so that when you see, when you, when you see content in, in the industry, I, I put so much more stock in content that is done by like you and you and Brian on, on walls. Like on Wednesday, like how do how do I not take Brian Hooper seriously when Brick seventy five is like he's someone that I study on how to get better at playing, and he makes a ton of money doing so and is proven to do so versus some random schmo writing you know the top fades of the week on some random site that like if I search for his username on DraftKings, like I fucking I don't even find him. Yeah. And Brian, you know, it's a funny dynamic on that show, too, is because he builds all of his own models, runs all of his own simulations, all of that. So when people ask him, you know, questions about things like all of that, I mean, that's his thing. That's how he makes a living with those things that he built. So sometimes people might get frustrated, like, oh, why can't you just say it? Why can't people are like, can you show me the Sims for this slate? He's like, "Uh, no, those are for me to try to make a living at DFS. But I find that to me, that's more respectable, like you said, than just being like, well, I let me just look here and tell you a guy I like because 
of that. No, he's using these things to to play. And I think that's uh, definitely, you know, the type of people you should be listening to. Well, that's why, like, on my streams, when people ask me, do you like this or like that? It's like, I don't like anyone. Like, I'm playing lineups. Like, I'm I'm sorry that I don't talk like other people in the industry that you may follow. But, like, this is how I play. And I'm very transparent with my results and go, well, like, what else, what am I, what else am I supposed to tell you? Like, like, do you... I, I always I always come down to, to to Peter. I say, do you do you want do you want the plays or do you want to make money? Like I I real I really I know I, I on every podcast I make that Sklansky quote because I think it matters the most of if you're playing for fun, that's great. That's perfectly fine. Feel free to listen to whoever you want, trust whoever you want, play whoever you want, if you would. Uh let watch what Peter, watch you for entertainment. Who gives a shit? Right? But if if you're if you're a serious player, if you're looking to do this for a living, if you're want to be profitable, even just so you have you know side income, or just out of the pride of knowing that you know ninety five plus percent of people that play DFS are lifetime losing players, and you're one of the five percent that that is a profitable player, uh, like do you want to do you want to learn, or 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 do you want the, the a quick fix? And finding out who I played or who I'm playing, like, doesn't even give you that answer. By yeah. when people ask, like, do you have this guy? It's like, dude, I have 98 players in my player pool. I probably, if you go to projections and anyone is, and any player on the slate, like for NFL, I'm building 100, 150 lineups. I go to my projections and any player that has a positive salary adjusted value, it, they're probably in my player pool. Like, they're, like, they, 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 on paper, in the model, they'll put up more points on average versus other players, and that that could be like 60, 60 fucking players. And now I'm now all I'm doing is making plus EV combinations of those players for the contest that I'm in, and I'm playing large field, so obviously I need to go a little bit a little bit more nutso, and I need to come up with kind of weirder strategies than in like hundred man tournaments. Uh, so like asking me who I'm playing, what is like what literally what does that gain? Like it doesn't. Yeah, like the only thing that would help you is the same thing that you said about Brian. If you, if someone asked me, uh, can you send me the 120 lineups that you're playing? Yeah. Like, at least I could respect that question. Cause like that would, that at least is something that would be useful, but I'm not going to do it. Cause that's the way that I make money. Uh, in the same way that Brian, his model and his Sims are the way that he makes money. So if at least that person that asks is, is asking is, He's not going to get that answer, but he's at least asking the right right type of question. Yeah, and it, there's easy uh, examples you can do to illustrate why this idea of like good play, bad play doesn't exist. Like an example from this last slate. So everyone knew Dalvin Cook was going to be popular at the outset, but early in the week, Justin Jefferson was pretty low ownership. And so immediately on like Tuesday, I'm like, holy cow, Justin Jefferson is going to be a great play. By the time I checked ownership an hour before lock, his ownership was up to 20, 25%. All of a sudden, I don't think Justin Jefferson is that great of a play anymore. Adam Thielen, earlier in the week, I said, no, I prefer Justin Jefferson. By Sunday morning, I'm like, holy cow, Adam Thielen is a great play. That What happened to them on the field did not change once between Tuesday and Sunday, just numbers on a spreadsheet that flipped them from being good plays to great plays. Do you think that the disconnect in, in, in content, because I'm primarily talking about content, like I'm trying to advise people. Like, and all of the content that I do, 
I, I aim to never lie, to literally never lie. And even if it's, I'm being an asshole and doing it, like, I just, I don't want I don't want to be any, I don't never want to be considered someone that fudges or misconstrues or, or, or deflects something. Maybe it's, maybe I'm projecting, maybe it's, maybe it's a, a self-esteem issue with myself, but that's the reason why even before I was at RG, I posted my Roto Tracker and my 1099s, like since 2016, like just, just readily on Twitter. And, uh, even before many people know who I was, because if anyone wanted to ask any questions about DFS or any type of conversation, at least I have a scoreboard there of like, you could say anything you want about me, but are, I, I, I made, uh, first year I made $46,000. And for most people to make $46,000 in DFS is fucking great. I mean, that people strive for that type of thing. Uh, and I, so I leave it up there. Of, so I, I can't ever be attacked for being a losing player, for not having skin in the game, for not exposing strategies that I'm considering. I may not do all of them, but I'm like, this is like, you listen to the ASA show. Like we go through, it's a Thursday. I don't know what I'm going to do yet until Saturday, but I'm like, this is a good opportunity to go game by game and go, this is interesting. This is, this. there's a leverage here. There's correlation there. And I'm giving you some options that like, I'm not picking the plays or anything, but it's like, this is what I did. I'm more likely to lean in these directions. And a lot of times you'll take a look at my lineups and it goes hand in hand with that. And on Saturday stream, I literally tell you what I'm playing. I don't give you the exact lineups, but I'm like, like, who's my highest exposed this? Who's my, like, if, if you want, if you want to build lineup, if you could build plus EV lineups based on that information, good, go, good luck to you, whatever. But I'm like, I'm never lying to you. I'm playing the DraftKings slate. I'm, it, people ask me FanDuel questions. Fuck you. I, I have no idea what's going on on FanDuel. I can't give you any advice whatsoever because how much thought have I put into it? So, uh, in the same way that you, you don't lie, Pete, due to entertainment purposes, because if you lose, it's almost more entertaining. Like, like <laughs> I, I never want to come across as I, I never want, I never want to do it. Like, I feel so bad. Like I, I remember Pete, I did a show with Holden last year in MLB. It was a crunch time thing. I had to fill in. It was a Sunday or something. And I didn't want to play. Like, I just didn't like the slate. I was, I was like, I'm going to do, I'm going to watch something. There was something else going on. And it's a half an hour before the show. And I'm like, like I got, I'm, Yes, I'm not. Am I going to play a thousand dollars in volume? No, but like, no, I, I, I have to play. A hundred. I'm playing. I'm playing twenty lineups. I'm. I'm. I'll hand build six in single entry lineups. I'll like. I can't fathom going on a show and helping people that pay for advice, especially on crunch time on Roto Grinders, and not have any skin in the game and not not like I at least have something on the line so that I'm considering strategies that I could tell not not plays but just general, I understand the dynamics of the slate. I, I understand all that so I could properly serve an audience. Uh, do you, do you ever feel, uh, that same way? Cause you are in, you are in season long leagues. You do the bankroll challenge. Like, I don't, I don't see any areas where like what you think and what you say doesn't correspond with the skin that you have in the game. Yeah, no, the same thing happens with our our season long things too. I mean, we we do a show on Wednesday nights right before waivers lock, where outside of telling you the exact bid amounts, we tell you who we're bidding on and why, 
and we do it we do it all there in front of you. This year, in Pat and I in our high-stakes leagues, we made the playoffs in six out of eight leagues. Every single one of our drafts is live-streamed. You can go watch every pick, every single one of our waiver wire pickups. You can go see that. And Pat and I don't have blogs where you tell you the best waiver wire pickups or who to draft. It's just this is what we're doing. And then you can see if it works out and and make your own decisions on if you would want to tail us in our structural drafts and, and that kind of stuff. Um, people can make that decision. Yeah, but you're also talking about strategies. I think I think that the, the second tier part of the argument. I know this is pre. pre I mean, if, pe- if people followed, if watch my stream uh, this past Saturday, seen uh, some of the tweets that I've made. Like this is all hand in hand with, with with that. I'm not I'm not talking about specific names, but we, like you said, when you when you started doing your videos with Brian and you're playing League of Legends, and you're playing PGA, and you're playing MMA, you finally, that thing clicked in, like, this is a game. The sport pieces are just, like, they're just the they're just the objects of the game. You're able to now translate that into NFL so much better. You're doing, you're making money playing DFS. You could start NBA without barely knowing anything, and you probably could take the same concepts into that. Do you think that the disconnect, because... When people he when people are like, well, I do have skin in the game because I'm like, if I, if I were to say, uh, here's here's my uh, here's here here's here's my plays of the day, and I play on uh, Superdraft, which doesn't even have salaries. It has the multipliers, which ends up becoming sort of like salaries. But if I'm playing on Superdraft, like that's a completely different game than playing on DraftKings which is a completely different game from playing on FanDuel, which is a completely different game from playing on Yahoo. We're talking about different scoring. I play soccer DFS. Uh, on Rotowire, I do a soccer podcast for EPL. We only discuss DraftKings. FanDuel soccer scoring is so fucking different, and their salaries are... Di- like, it's it's almost a night and day. And yet I still have people that email me saying, you know, I hit a big GPP on FanDuel, thanks for your advice. And I, I, I sit there going... Why the fuck did you play that guy for 8,000 on FanDuel? That, that's like, for their scoring system, that's hard. Yeah, yeah, sure, you play him on DraftKings, but Jesus Christ, like, that, you got lucky. Like, that wasn't what I was talking about. But that's, but to me, I view that as a misconception with 95% of the audience that hears plays and thinks that, like, oh, well, if he likes, if he likes James Conner, that means like I could play James Conner like on any side in any scoring system and anything like that. And what I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm saying like on this specific DraftKings slate for this specific contest in the same way that you do the spy and you're in you, you and Leone, you know, you go through lineups where you're doing these three, two game stacks and I'm, I'm, I'm watching this going, yeah, okay. That's, that's, that's great for the, that's great for the Thunderdome. That's great for the, you know, the $1,500 game changer, but it's like, yeah, you're, you're really capping, uh, you know, you, you ain't going to beat 64,000 people with that lineup unless, you know, that team scores 70 points. But you have to, but you must know that 90% of your audience doesn't understand those those game theory concepts that they they think you're talking about plays, but you're not. Yeah. Yeah, I've thought about this dynamic a lot, too, of this whole thing. And I remember DMing with you about it earlier, too, of like, what is people's fascination with plays? Give me give me the plays. And I think there's a few things to it. One, we go back to this being an entertainment product. Like, some people just love football, and they love obsessing over it, and they like having ownership 
over their takes. They like being able to say, I knew you should fade Mike Davis at 4,000 versus the Bucks. They were going to be bad. Like that's half the fun for them is getting their hand in the dirt, saying I told you so. And it's like, that's fine, but that's not going to help us win at DFS. And then I also think there's this idea of when you really start taking that the red pill, blue pill with the game theory stuff, it becomes this intellectual puzzle that you get really excited to solve versus I think some people just want the shortcuts because they're not actually that intellectually interested in the game theory. It's like some books I got signed in high school and I just read the spark notes. I, I could get an A on the test. I'd do the spark notes. We'd be fine. I never really got good or, you know, at things because I wasn't intellectually curious about them. So I think there's this level of, do you actually care about being really good at this game or are your interests lying somewhere else? Right. Which comes back to the, the making money type of quote. I've got, I've got into conversations this season where around, around the industry with other, with other content creators and uh, you know, like the last, like the, the, they'll consult with me. They'll like I'll get a DM, random DM from you know someone someone that like I respect their I respect their football knowledge, like it's it's I respect their their season long knowledge. I like that's not a game that I play. They play they they do well. Their FFPC whatever main event what, fine. I, I don't claim to be a season long like I don't I don't play that game. So like I I have no opinion on that, and nor can I judge anyone's opinion, but they'll consult with me going like, you know, uh, I'm thinking about playing this game, you know, in this stack or something like that. He's like, are you on this too? And I'll go, no. And he goes, well, how the, f- how, how are you not on this? How do you not play? How are you not playing X versus this cornerback matchup versus this, you know, coverage versus blah, 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 blah. And I go, I go, well, based on, based on the range of outcomes, like it's like the sixth best stack and compared to ownership, it actually ranks now like 11th because it's going to be overowned, like, like I, it, it, all that other stuff doesn't matter to me. Like I'm looking to make money, and then what what ends up happening is that, like you said, Monday morning, you know, it's the it's the the take machine. It's the let's compare takes, right? Oh, you oh you you said you know oh, like I said I'm I'm playing a bunch of Tyler Boyd, and 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 the other guys like. Oh no! Against slot receivers, against wide slot against the Redskins or the whatever. And I like, like, no, he projected better than Higgins. So like, I'm playing Boyd. Like that, that's, that's all I need to know. Like I trust my model and that's it. And then it comes out and then Boyd has 17 points and Higgins has five points. And what's my first reaction? Told you so. But I mean, did it, did I really have a take? Like I had no take. And then people come to me with takes, right? Well, let's say it was the other way around. And you go, yeah, didn't, let's say, let's say, you know, someone, someone called Chase Claypool, right? Chase Claypool's going to go off or whatever like that. And, and then I say like, no, actually it doesn't project all that well. Uh, so I'm not going to have much of him. And then they come back to me on Monday and they say, told you about Chase Claypool. You know what my reaction back? This is the difference between the motivations. Like the person coming at me wants to be right on their take. My reaction is, so how much money did you make? And I, and they go, no, well, I didn't have good enough, good enough line. I had Chase Claypool, but I didn't, I didn't cash. I, I lost money yesterday. So, I, yeah. so who gives a fuck if you were right? <laughs> well, and think about it this way. So say, let's just use an, let's say a guy has a, a median projection of 18 and some football guy says, no, this matchup is so good. This is so juicy. He's coming on his target. His projection should be 21 points. Okay. Well, now this is how we do it. 
we say, okay, he has 50% ownership. Ownership is bad. So we're now going to take points off of his projection because those are no longer valuable to us. But then we go, but you know what? I'm going to double stack him with the quarterback. Oh, now we have correlation. Now we're boosting his projection back up because those points are worth more to us. And so I don't think those guys realize how we are doing our own projections based on those external factors that change what's actually going to happen on the field as it relates to our lineups. I think that's probably where the disconnect ultimately is. Yeah, but ultimately, but ultimately it comes down to like the the scoring in DFS. Like people, people think like from a, a long-term perspective, like I'm not talking about from one specific slate from if you were going to have a dick measuring contest, for instance, there's lots of those on DFS. Yes, there's Twitter. lots of them. I'm not, I'm not, and I, I, to me, it, to me, it's not about measuring the dick. To me, it's about a matter of having the dick. Is that, a, <laughs> is that a good way of putting it? Like, like it's not how long it is. It's just like, it's how you use it. Isn't, isn't that the, isn't that the phrase? It's like it. Size doesn't matter. It's the motion in the ocean or it's something like that, right? Whatever you need to tell yourself before you go to bed <laughs> at night, Jordan. <laughs> no, like it, like if, if you're pro, if you've been playing for five years and you're profitable, like I can't, I like that scoreboard. Like it does to me, it doesn't matter what stakes you play. Like DFS is a hard as fuck game. Like no matter if you're playing $5 head to heads or $5,000 head to heads, if you're playing the quarter arcade or you're playing the game changer or you're playing, you know, even if you're playing live final qualifiers, like at the end of the day, like if you're profitable, like to me, you, you, you respect, respect all, all, all you want. But if you're not profitable, then, then that to me, that's the score. That's like, like let's, let's play over the course of, a large sample size and who's profitable. And to, to me, that, to me, that's credibility. That's the skin in the game element of who do I want? Who do I trust? Uh, like do what's in their stock portfolio. Don't tell me about, you know, what you think. And you take a look and you go, well, that's why I posted on like here, judge it, whatever way you want. If you, if you don't think an average of $70,000 a year is good enough for you, then I'm sorry. Then I mean, I, there's nothing more I could do about that. But also in my course, I talk about risk management. I talk about bankroll management. I talk about like, if you're playing this for a living, meaning that you're going to have to pay your bills off of this, that maybe, maybe shooting for the million dollar price. You know, people ask me like, what did I play in the millie? And I go, I didn't play the millie. They go, how do you, how do you not play the millie maker? It's like, like, dude, it's a $20 entry contest where, like, all the expected values in, like, the top three spots out of 400000 Like, like you could devote some of your bankroll. Yeah, if, you, if you're playing, uh, yeah, sure. I mean, but if, if you're asking me an advice of how to make money, like, that's not the contest that you choose. Like, that's, that, I, I wouldn't be lying by saying you shouldn't play the Millie Maker because it's, it's, it's usually, it's, it's, it's only a profitable contest until you win it. And who knows, you could go 17 lifetimes playing every, every day and never happen, even if you are a good player. So how do I not eat my own dog food and say, like, well, that's a, don't judge me by the Millie Maker because I'm not playing. Oh, if you're not playing the Millie Maker, you're not a good DFS. Like, no, I, all you have to, I'm, I'm profitable. Are you a profitable DFS player? And when people say, like, oh, well, I, I won, I won some GPP seven years ago for X amount of dollars. And I go, well, then show me your rotor tracker. Like, I, like you've been playing for seven years. How much money have you made? And yeah, people don't have to share their finances. It's not, it's not required. But for skin in the game, for, for, 
for skin in the game concept, for that concept, like, shouldn't, shouldn't you want to know if the person that you're holding up dear going, I'm going to get my strategies from this guy is actually profitable in, 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 in the thing that, cause that's what the natural selection is. That's what, especially in 2020, like it, if you're, if, if you're not even profitable, like how the hell can I, how can, how, how can I can make money? But if it's, if it's Pete, if it's, if it's, if it says for entertainment purposes only like psychics, right? You see those commercials for psychics. They, they're not fucking psychic. I mean, come on. We all know this, but people want to believe. It yeah. says for entertainment purposes, right? They don't, they, they, it, it's, you know, the people read horoscopes and like, yes, they enjoy the experience. People spend 20 bucks on a milli ticket, not because they're going to make money. They spend it because uh, it's the period in between them entering the contest on Friday and one o'clock Sunday of, imagining what they're going to do with the million dollars, right? That's, that's the entertainment. But from a content provider perspective, if you're going to approach it from a, this is how you make money playing, like you, you, you would never be advising like, no, like that feeling that you got from Friday through Sunday, eliminate it from your game because all that is, is a detriment to you making money. Yeah. And that, that also kind of circles back to, you know, being transparent about stuff. Like I could do my, my shows instead of being the single entry stuff. I could, I could say this year, I'm going to try to win the Millie maker and I would eat shit every week, almost guaranteed. And I could still document my process. I could build lineups that were catered toward that field size. It probably wouldn't be as interesting of a show because it's like, well, here's another one that whiffed. Here's another one that whiffed, but you could do that. And people would tell me I would, I was a trash player. Can you imagine if I did a Millie Maker challenge for the year and I put, uh, you know, 10 lineups in each week that I hand built and just ate shit week after week? People would think I was the worst player on the planet. Right. But well, but because the audience is not it's it's an education problem. I, I, I view a lot, a lot of the misconceptions in DFS and not just skin in the game. I'm talking about, oh, if you could play like the people, if you play 150 lineups, you have to win. It's like, dude. Have you just done the simple math of how many permutations of lineups there are? Like you can't, you can't cover all your bases on a, you couldn't cover all your bases in, in a million lineups, let alone 150. But do, do you think that, that the DFS content space, I try to fill it. I try to fill it. I, I, I always come from the perspective of when I started playing in October of 2015, I started with soccer and then I kind of moved into MLB eventually PGA but I was I was looking for the theory of poker for DFS because that's how I learned how to play poker. And I'm like, no, I don't want the plays. I want, give me the broad general strategy, the way of thinking, you know, leverage, correlation, projections, like explain all of that to me. And then it's, it's teach a man to fish type of, type, type of mentality. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't find it. I go site to site and it's here are the plays, here are the plays, here are the plays. And then you see here nuggets. I would go, oh, this Jonathan Bales guy, like he, I, I yeah, he, he, he talks about game theory the way that I knew about poker. And then like JM to win, it's like, oh, I'm reading the NFL edge and there's a, a lot of construction strategy in there. And I'm, I'm, I'm finding bits and pieces, but it's like, it's like Dink. I drew Dinkmeyer, like, but it's not the focus. It's like 95% plays and then 5% of like, oh, that's, that's what I want. Why can't there be like, something that's 95% that. 
And I know why, because the audience is not educated to, like, they're like, oh, well, they're not going to pay for it, or they're not going to watch it. And that's why I just view, like, what I do now for the past two years of, this is the content that I would have wanted to exist in 2015 that I didn't find enough of. And if the people that are like, I just want the plays people, like, then fuck them. Like, like, it's, it's perfectly fine to have... A, to not appeal to a million people to super serve a couple of thousand. Yeah, and it's the whole, you know, teach someone how to fish versus giving them the fish. If your favorite tout that gives you your plays, you know, God forbid, got hit by a bus and you're left sitting here like, well, I can't play fantasy anymore because the guy I get my plays from is no longer here. Like, no offense, Jordan, but if you get hit by a bus, your concepts will live on. I will have learned from you and I can apply those things. So that's also interesting to me of like what I'm trying to learn these concepts that I can apply slate after slate and I'm continuing to tweak it. I'm improving it. I'm bringing new things into the fold, but like this is stuff. It doesn't matter if all the plays, if I had the internet shut off for the week and I couldn't hear one person, I could just look at the ownership projections and the projections. I could build good lineups on Sunday morning without hearing People and I think people don't realize that uh, with the plays that they they don't need them they don't need them at all. Well, I feel like the plays are just like I'm, uh, I. Here's here's another example. I remember when I when I first started at Roto Grinders, uh, I was doing uh, NBA Crunch Time or MLB. It was one of the one of those things. Whatever, maybe MLB. Uh, and people in the chat. I mean, you get tons of one v one, two v two type of type of questions. Right? Should I play this guy or this guy? That guy or this guy? Or are they uh, FanDuel? This guy or this guy? DraftKings? This guy or this guy? And like I, I, I would say like this guy projects, but like I would, I would read the projections. I mean, because that's that. Why? Why else would <laughs> that? We're paying for projections. I mean, like we're like, dude, like I'm just looking at the same thing that you're. You could just go to Lineup HQ and look at the <laughs> to project that. That's what I'm doing. So like when you ask me, uh, should I play, uh, should I play Bradley Beal or Jimmy Butler? I go, uh, well, Jimmy Butler projects better. And they go, well, no, 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 no. I don't want to know who projects better. Don't, don't read the projections to me. I can read the projections. I want to know who you like more. I'm like, I don't like anyone. I like the person that scores the more points more often than not. And according to the projections, it's Bradley Beal. And they go, no, 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 no. Okay. I didn't phrase it well enough. I didn't, I didn't phrase it. Okay. Instead. Okay. Okay. I know you don't like anyone. Can you can you tell me who you think's gonna do better tonight? I go well based on the simulator range of outcomes. Uh, uh, Bradley Beal has about a two percent more chance of doing better than 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 Butler on a and no 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 get all of that and they go 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 no no I don't want to know a simulated range of outcomes. I want to know what you think's gonna happen tonight. And I go, how the fuck am I ever gonna know what's gonna happen tonight? It's like all I could go is based on here's here's the simulated range of outcomes, and if we played this slate over ten thousand times, you're gonna be happier if you played Bradley Beal over Jimmy Butler, and then at that point they end up basically saying that I'm an asshole. <laughs> well, that's a, you're, what you're describing is just thinking probabilistically. It's why Nate Silver got so much shit, you know, four years ago for his election model, because people assumed by saying a 70 percent chance that that meant 100 percent chance. Well, three out of those 10 times Trump wins the election. But people people didn't want to think that way. 
Uh, and I think the same thing with DFS, you know, you talk to, well, if you run this slate a million times, you know, 700,000 times this happens. Well, one of these 300,000 times this happened, what you lied to me. It's like, no, we're, we're just talking about probabilities. But people want fortune tellers. Yeah. I mean, but that, that's, but I'm trying to break the, break the mold. It sh- to me, it shouldn't be the broken mold. It should, that's like when, 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 when I watch you and, and, and Brian on LOLs, like you guys aren't talking about the play. Like it's not interesting because the projections are already there. Like there's nothing to t- like to me. There's what's there to talk about. Like it's like all you you had a show with the bankroll challenge show with Brian when you did the simulations, right? You showed that was a you know there was a Denzel Mims slate. There was some some weird players in in his lineup, and and people were like like in the chat going, "Are you seriously going to play Jets? Are you are you serious? I mean like." Like that, and but Brian's reaction is like the model is the model. Like, the model is how I make money. So like, do I give a shit what the players' names are? And like, people go, it's like people go fucking nuts. But in in the th- oh, I was just gonna say the cool thing about I, we were talking before about like how ownership and correlation affects a player's value. That's what Brian Sims encompass. It is saying it is boosting these jets because it's spitting out a ton of. Mahomes. So you right. have the natural bringbacks. It's spitting out a lot of Naheem Hines because no one's playing him and his ceiling projection is higher than a lot of these other guys. So like all these factors are baked in to the sim and it's able to, you know, we're trying to juggle those inputs a lot of times in our head. A sim is doing that all for him. Right. But then people will ask, well, why do you like Naeem Hines? <laughs> right. But that, that okay. but right. That's what I'm saying. But you, yeah. you shrug, but like, that's that's what people want. They they they. It's like it's like I I find that uh, once you get it, you get it. Like that's the whole purpose of the course. If you go to theoryofdfs.com, if you get it, I've gotten so much feedback of I played DFS for five years unprofitably, and now in the I, I got your course three months ago, and now like I'm making money in better lineups, and like and they get it, and they and they, they apologize. They literally apologize to me, and they go, I was on your stream, and I asked a lot of dumb questions, and I'm sorry. Like, like, because they see, like, oh, all I have to do is they take these projections and then build line. Like, this is so much of a simpler game than I ever thought it was. Uh, and now I'm competing better. Uh, I, the education element of, like, that's why I'm an asshole. It's kind of weird to say. Like, uh, people that know me know that I'm, I'm like, in person. Like, I'm not an asshole. Like, I, I, I truly want to help people. Like I, I'll, I'll take, and I'm in discord and RG, I will take four hours explaining concepts and typing away. I've, I, 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 I'm on the phone with people, people email me. Oh, I, I have this question and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't feel like writing. Can I call you? And they're like, really? You're going to like, why, why not? Like, do you want the answer? And I, I have plenty of time because like, I don't have kids. I have a wife and a dog and all the time in the goddamn world, especially with COVID and, and, and there's only NFL. I'm not, I'm not playing anything else. So so the reason why I'm an asshole is because, like, how else am I going to get the point across? Like, I just feel well, like I'm, fr- I'm from New York. I'm blunt as it is. So it's like I'd rather just say, uh, you know, nope, doesn't matter. Nope. Do- until you get why it doesn't matter. Because, like, once you simplify things and go, well, he says that doesn't matter. So then what does? And I'm like, what does? What? And then it's like you get the three things that matter. And I'm like, you're done. There you go. Are you winning more? What do your results look like? Oh, my results look so much better. It's like, well, then my job's done. There you go. 
We're not going to be friends. I'm just trying to help you. Well, I mean, it's the same thing of why Josh Hermsmeyer had the defenses don't matter thing. It was like he had to take it black and white to prove to people who get in the weeds with all these things that are hard to predict and aren't sticky. They, If he just says, you know, defenses are pretty hard to predict. You should probably look elsewhere. That doesn't resonate with anyone. If he says defenses don't matter, people start to really think, oh, shit, maybe I do have to adjust my priors. Maybe there's somewhere where we meet in the middle. But unless you go that extreme, people aren't going to pay attention. Right, just like running backs don't matter. But it's 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 weird to say that the more statistical analysis you actually give, the more things that don't matter. Like the more like it actually gets it most people look into the small samples of like selective. They have a selection bias of like, well, let me take a look at this specific thing and this specific thing. They're gonna play this in the rain. They're trying to overfit. They're trying to say. Here, I'm trying to put eight variables together and go, give me the sample size of these eight variables. And it's like it happens so infrequently that anything that you find will never be of any confidence level. But they, they people think like, if I find those, that's the holy grail. When in fact, the, the way to think about it is look at the things that you already look at and going, what doesn't matter? And then if you dig deeper into those things, you'll find out, wow, uh, the thing that I, I, I've been looking at for five years uh, only has a uh, an R squared of like 0.02. And it's like, wow, I would spend like three hours a week on, like, like dude, if you understand statistics, you know, 0.02 plus 0.02 is like, is like a rounding error. So like, if yes, if you're spending, if you're spending five seconds on it, yeah, that, that, that's the appropriate amount of time that you should spend on, on a, on a statistic that has that little correlation and you should find the ones that do. And a lot of times the ones that do are the ones that are like the most obvious of like, how much do you have to study team totals in NFL? Like, oh, I, I'm Pete, you know, I, I got to block off the, I got to block off the afternoon, right? Three hours in the afternoon. Like I'm going to have to study implied team totals because like sometimes like 27.5, like I need to really drill that in my head that it's not 20, 27.25. Like, dude, you could look at that in like three fucking seconds. Like, and that's the most correlative, like, element of, of, of this game. Uh, and then, but, but people do that and then they go, well, what the hell else am I going to spend with my time? I think, I think people, people almost are like, like, I'm heavily into fantasy football. I'm heavily into DFS. And they'll, they'll email me. They say, how much time do you put in? And I'm like, dude, I build my cash lineup in 45 seconds. And they go, how, what the, how the fuck do you do that? It's like, I just, I, I run the top five optimal lineups in my model and then just pick one. They go, well, blows their mind. Like, like, how much time do you have to spend on this? Like, most of the work is done for you. So spending your time on the strategy makes more sense than, you know, being a Wednesday going, like, what stacks should I look for? It's like, dude, like, we don't even have ownership yet. The practice reports aren't even out. Like, anything you think of now is going to be worthless by Saturday. So if you don't feel like spending your time on anything, go, go Netflix and chill if you want. Well, yeah, that's all the things. If you trust where you get your projections from, all of those little minutia things you ask about, well, what about the wide receiver cornerback matchup? What about the wind? Well, if you have good projections, all of that is already baked in to that projection. 
Like you don't have to go manually adjust the projection projection yourself unless you don't trust the projections, in which case maybe find someone's projections you trust. But I think it's fun for people to feel like I have uncovered something that this person making projections has it and they're wrong and I'm going to manually tweak it, which sounds like you should be making your own projections in that case. Well, what ends up happening then is that you get a feedback loop of confirmation bias. Because what ends up happening there is like, I don't trust the projections. I'm going to play this guy. And then the guy does well. But I mean, he still does within one standard deviation of his of his median projection. So it's like a guy that's projected for, t- the, for, for 12 points. That is a poor point per dollar play, you know, puts up 25. And it's like, well, that's his 75th percentile. I mean, like that's that's a high end of his one standard deviation range. But like that's... That's still in that fat part of that 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 distribution curve. That then then oh well now I don't trust the project like because this one thing happened and then the next week they forget about like the three other guys that like like no the projections were were kind of kind of right about that in comparison to other players on the slate and then they then because I I see this all the time with projections of uh even if you make your own because if like if you believe that if if you if if you believe that someone's going to have a higher target share for some whatever reason in this specific game, then then change it or whatever. But people think that going from a 20% target share to a 24% target share is going to make a 14-point median into a 20-point median. Like, it's not going to... It's not going to do that big of a difference in the range of outcomes. But, like, if you decide to want to play them in your line, as long as they, they're not projecting to the point of stupidity low... Like play whoever you want. If if you if you have a specific take that that you're gonna up someone's rushing share or a team's total, like you're gonna go, no, I think the total is too low. They have a 26 implied team total. I think it should be 29. Like you could do that in your own projection. I mean, projections aren't just like 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 in the ether of like they no they're they're set in stone. They're based on inputs of some type. Someone is yep. inputting all that information in, and if you want to say. I'm going to input it. I'm going to make this as if it's a 29 total game. Yeah, obviously all the players are going to get boosted in projections and then then feel free to then at that point then then you're you're still doing the same thing. Right? Then then play the best plus EV lineups based on those projections and back test. And most people don't back test their own their own projections or their own takes. And it's like, well, see how often you're right. And and in NFL, you get the small sample issue with the confirmation bias because you really only have 17 weeks to go by. MLB and NBA, you really, you really find out uh, if you're fucking wrong uh, pretty easily by the end of the season because, like, you're playing 150 to 180 slates. Uh, if if you if you've been applying wrong uh, minus EV strategies, uh, most likely you're broke by the end of the season. Yeah. Yeah, and the other thing, like I don't, I don't make projections, but I also do realize sometimes it, uh, when I'll get really into the weeds on projections for showdown slates and stuff, and I'll be like, you know, this one seems a little off. It's like, well, if I go and tweak this, now I'm either having to dock the quarterback's projection, or I'm having to take those yards away from someone else. It's not just like one thing you can tweak because I know better. It's like, no, this has a top-down domino effect on the entire offense. And then you realize, okay, I'm thankful. I'm not the one doing projections. I don't want to be doing this. I'll just leave it how it is and make my decisions from there. Right. And the reason that I don't make my own model is because like, I'm I'm not going to be as good at it as, as the ones that are, are available. I mean, I, I value, I value time. If I could, you know, like, I don't want to mow my lawn. I paid someone 20 bucks to do it. I mean, 
Yes, yes, I can mow my own lawn. Like I am physically able to do that, but it's worth it to me to just pay twenty, pay twenty dollars for that process. Here in 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 the in the DFS space, like you got you got roto grinders, you got labs, you got daily roto, you got ETR, you got uh, you got uh, good, you got you got tons of companies that have they have projections, right? They're, I mean, whether or not you you trust their model, you could compare the models together. Feel free to you know take. And compare, and you do the comparison, uh, the, the projection to actual, and see which ones had the better projections over the. But you're going to find that that they're all much more accurate than if you just like a layperson is like, I'm going to open up a cell, Excel, and make like really like I'm going to put in five variables and just like whatever. And it's like, yeah, you're you're that's that's going to be no, you're going to be nowhere close. And by the time you've learned how to do all that stuff, even if you're like an intermediate level, uh, it's still not going to be better than just be paying 40 bucks for Rotogrinders. I mean, like, I'll just pay the $40 a month and it's like, it's all done for me. But I still want to know how they're done. I still, yeah. I, like, like understanding where, where people, like just the statistics. I very often recommend people, they ask like, what's the thing that I could do to get better at DFS? I go, uh, go on YouTube and search for statistics courses, like for the Khan Academy. And there's tons, you, you could take, you could essentially take a Harvard math class online for free. Uh, and just, just watch the basic statistics courses and know what a set is, what a, what a range is, what a median and mean, like what, what is, what does mean mean, right? Oh, it's an average. Oh, okay. And then how do you plot this on a graph? How does how do you and then you get it then you get into stuff like standard deviation then you get then you start getting a little bit more advanced but once you understand those statistical concepts then you could look at a projection model and not view it as so what some people call that there's I have one guy that seems to want to troll me I don't know I don't know if he's serious or not that's like uh, I ain't gonna trust no AI computer to make my lineups you know I just he probably doesn't sound like that but I mean I I just assume that he does. I, 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 like, uh, I hope he sounds like that. Right, but it sounds like it's like, no, like, oh, what, what, is, what does a computer know about football? And I'm like, that's not what projections are. Like, it, it is all of the football knowledge in your brain without any of the bias put into a numerical form and then simulated a whole bunch of times. And then there you go. They, feel free to use it whichever way you want. Uh, and until you, once you understand that, I think it makes it so much easier for people to accept, uh, projection. I almost feel like it's a religion. Like I was like, once, 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 once you get, once you, once you're able to, you know, fully understand the, the old Testament of, uh, of, of, of projections, like then, then you, you finally, you finally accept them into your heart. Yeah. And it goes back to that, that whole idea too, of, you know, if you, you're asking for a play, from these people each way, it's like, well, how, how guaranteed are you that they're going to be able to replicate this every slate? This this guy's the good play. This guy's the good play. At least when if you're trusting your projections, you know that this person has the same process for building their projections slate after slate. And if we start, we'll we'll poke fun at Cardi because we'll notice little things, you know, the the dome premium or, you know, he always seems to love these slot wide receivers. Adam Humphreys a little bit more than the public. And there's these little quirks where you can tell his special sauce might be a little different than other people's, but we can trust that he has a consistent process for putting these out. Cardi isn't blowing in the wind with how he puts out these projections. Right. Same in baseball with like, I, I almost feel like 
It's like, dude, ballpark factor seems to be so much, so much exaggerated. And in, in like, <laughs> like, dude, 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 I know the wind's blowing out at w- Wrigley, but like, fucking Javi Baez having. It seems like he's what you're projecting him that median to hit two home runs. Like, like at this <laughs> point, at this point, I think maybe it's getting a little bit excessive. But I mean, but but that's the point of back testing. Like, like, like he he vehemently goes like, no, this is how you should be weighing them. And if I hey, if I don't trust it, I could just manually in my head. A lot of times, manually in my head, I'll go. I I know that this model weighs in these variables, and if for this specific slate, I just I don't want to. I, I, do, I don't view it as it should weigh it as much. Truthfully, I shouldn't do it, but I may just bump down everyone. So I go, what's, I'll give everyone a 10%. Everyone that's in Coors Field, I'm just bumping down 10% to be with. So I'm not getting like like 80% fucking Daniel Murphy into my lineups for no fucking reason. Uh, or I just X him out or something like that. But like, but that's what you can do. I, you're, you're much more, you're in a position to make those judgment calls, those football takes. If you understand what you're looking at in the projections and going, well, I understand what the variables are here. I know the yeah. nuances. So then it's, it's like what, what, what any, in any field, like don't, you can't break the rules until you know the rules. Yeah. And it, it it's legitimately fun. Like NFL is the one sport where I actually do know the players and, and I might have some opinions and it's great to use that as a tiebreaker. I enjoy looking at it when I'm, you know, looking at Deandre Swift or JD P- McKissick with, you know, similar ceiling, similar ownership, similar price. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to bet on the young guy, Deandre Swift, who has this incredible college prospect profile was drafted and his, his touches seem to be increasing. Like then I can break ties there. But that's, that's again, the whole point. It's I'm breaking ties. I'm not making all my decisions based on whatever, you know, film takes I have on a guy. Well, I mean, with, I, with you specifically, the difference between your play last year versus this year and the year before that, like the, the thing that, that I get from you that, uh, that I would say is an outlier amongst people is that you, you seem much more willing to change your worldview. Like, like, like that, like, like it seemed like you, you got on the streams with Brian and like, like you didn't fight it. Like, I almost feel like sometimes people are like, I have this worldview that, that uh, I watch football, I watch the all 22 and I watch, and I uh, subscribe to PFF and I, and I watch, I've been watching football for 30 years. I coached high school football and blah, blah, blah. Why are you this nerd telling me that it's not this? And like it's it it seemed like like you could you were able to convert into that and and why was that is that just built into your personality or is it because of comedy like we kind of have no sacred cows when it comes to as long as it's funny who gives a shit what the subject matter is there's nothing like that like i i i i i feel i'm i'm giving you a compliment that i'm impressed that like something that you were doing last year that you dramatically improved your process without really with being inquisitive and not being combative. Yeah, well, first of all, whatever I was doing wasn't working, so I would be really stubborn if I wasn't open to it. But I also think if, I, if I'll if i take a compliment, it's that I, I think I'm good at identifying, like you said, the people with skin in the game, the people I trust. Bales has actually been writing about that recently, too, of like finding those few people that you can trust entail. And I think, you know, 
guys like Bales, obviously Brian, following, you know, you, Dinkmeyer, Leone, like these guys, I have this circle of people who I trust how they do. I've seen their results and just cutting out like all of the other noise. And I think, yeah, I was sick of losing. I see these guys who are succeeding. What are the things they're doing? I know you go back and look at lineup HQ, results DB. You look at those lineups. What are the top guys doing? I think that was the click, you know, specifically working with Brian, seeing how he does it and then figuring out who else do I trust? Who can I pull from? And then and then getting rid of everything else. Right. And then even even amongst people that are successful, like we, we, we see this in any industry, like like in comedy. They're, they're, like anyone, it, there's, it's not a zero sum game, but in comedy, there's there, there's a lot of times where you see someone like get a TV spot or something and go, that guy sucks. Like, fuck you. Like, like, like he's not horrible or anything. Cause obviously he's a professional comic, but you look like, how come that guy's headlining and I'm not. And like, like those types of things, but you're still part of the sick. You're still part of the 1% that actually makes money you know, touring the country doing stand-up comedy, but then you're comparing yourselves like this, and I I view it like uh like uh Brian and, and RBX eighty eight is kind of like that thing of like where Brian looks at RBX eighty eight going, this guy's a fucking idiot. But if you go by if you just go by skin in the game, there has to be something that he's doing that Brian is not identifying, but is still successful and the better reaction, although the humorous reaction is go fuck yourself, you, you suck. But the inquisitive reaction would be to, instead of being stubborn, going, I'm going to study how this guy plays to see if there's a leak in my own game. Because there's no way that this guy could just get lucky this often. Like it, at some point, yeah, yeah, there's some people that win the Millie and that's the, and then they're, they're really an unprofitable player. But for someone like RBX 88, the Enigma, uh, you, you have to, you have to, you have to say that this guy is profitable and I, I, he goes against a lot of things that, that, that I know to be true, but there, there, there has to be, you have, you can't just be fuck you. There has to, there has to be something there. And I think the RBX 88 is actually an interesting example because he's willing to go on and do interviews and do, he loves coming on lulls uh, despite Brian uh, going after him. But I think the hard thing is I think RBX 88 has a very hard time articulating what he does or what his process is or how he can replicate it. And so when he describes it, it does seem really like, I don't know, man, I just kind of look at things and go with my gut. And so to someone like Brian or someone who's trying to grab on to what is your process, what's something I can learn, that's massively frustrating where we can go on shows and talk about correlations like, no, you can apply this. I don't know how to apply what RBX 88 has done. Well, I think RBX 88 does exactly the things that we do. Just he doesn't view he doesn't he he views it differently. It's a very similar to Mickey Mantle uh, after he retired was came in to do like hitting instruction with the New York Yankees and cause they wanted him as a hitting coach. Cause obviously Mickey Mantle, one of the greatest, you know, hitters of all time in baseball. And, uh, they didn't, they didn't, after a day, they just told him to get out of here because you know what Mickey Mantle's hitting instruction was like, I just get up there and hit the ball. I mean, like he didn't know how to, like he couldn't understand how there was a process to even hit the ball. Cause it came instinctually to him. He was bending his legs this way and do like, like Tony Gwynn, could teach you how to hit a ball because, like, he was a technician at that. Wade Boggs could teach, but Mickey Mantle just like, like Ty Cobb probably couldn't explain how he did it. 
but they all did it. They all hit the same way. So I think from from a difference between Brian and a difference of RBX eighty eight, and even a difference from me, right? I'm I'm one of those uh, those uh, horrid uh, projection aggregators, right? Like those types of like I don't have my own model, even though Brian thinks that everyone does. Uh, <laughs> that was that was a wake up call when he's like, "You mean you mean everyone doesn't have their own model?" Like, no, most people most people just just look at the models that exist and and they're winning based on game theory. And I think that Brian has said that multiple times on, on lulls before that there's still an edge. Like, like he, he views the difference between 17.8 and 17.5 median as holy shit. That's huge. Like, Oh my God, I got to get that correct. And like, I'm someone that's like, like that's, that's so close that like just flip a coin at that point. And Brian looks at that as like, well, that guy's an idiot. I go, well, I mean, if we both get to the same answer, who gives a shit what the process is? And I, and I, I think that's, that's in between the good players. I think that's like every, I think no matter what your process is, it's going to be like 95% the same. Everyone's just arguing over the other 5%. But for most of the audience in the, in the DFS space, they don't know enough to get to the 95% stuff, right? So like my attitude is like, let's teach that stuff. We could argue about the 5% outlaw, you know, that all the other stuff like later. So like, like I have to respect Brian because, you know, he, he's profitable. I have to respect RBX 88 because he's profitable. I have to respect Empire Maker, right? He could go off about like, oh, I don't use models and I'm just, you know, instinctually good and he plays he plays the fields that cater to that small field cash games where where like you don't have you don't have to go you don't have to find who cares about correlation who cares about leverage it's like can i identify the top median build lineup to win more more than 62 percent of the time with some ups like you could do that instinctually you you can you you don't need a model for that you like you just someone that's good at picking stocks Someone that's good, like I could identify value and inefficiencies in a market. A model can also, but I could do it by eye. So what he's doing is not wrong. It's just that they're all getting to the same or very similar answers in different paths. Uh, but the fact that everyone has skin in the game and everyone has shown to be profitable, like you, like you can't you can't consider these people donkeys. You have to pay attention to what they do if you want to learn. Like those are the, like that's, I mean, the whole, to sum up the whole thing is that if you're, if you're trying to get advice from someone on any subject, not just DFS or anything, like give me the person that, that is the most profitable at it. Give me, give me the plumber that makes the most, makes the most money at it. Not because they charge the most, because obviously they draw the, enough customers that, you know, at, at some point if the, that if, if you, if, uh, if you go to a dentist and you and you, they, you look at their screen, you know their appointment screen, and you see it all empty, like be scared. If you if like who goes into a restaurant with no at six o'clock on a Friday with no one inside, right? Because it's like, well, if no one's in there, like how bad is this restaurant? So I think you need to, if you want to get better, and you're not doing it for entertainment purposes, you really should seek out people that have documented long-term profit over a long sample size rather than someone who was able to call 
Like, oh, that guy was a good play yesterday. Let me tail him in a game where the takes are really not worth anything. Yeah, and then I think the important thing then is just making sure when you are learning from those guys in those lineups, we talked about the lineups Leone's building for the Thunderdome and the game changer and stuff. Make sure that you're applying those concepts to field sizes that are similar. You know, like you can't go and watch, you know, necessarily maybe my bankroll challenge videos where I'm making for lineups or contests that are 2,000 to 5,000 and then go put those lineups in the Millie Maker. You know, or you go throw a Leone, you know, onslaught game in the Millie Maker. That's not going to be a profitable strategy. And uh, I think that's the other thing of just because I think that's confuses people. This idea, well, how can you be successful playing this? If I had, if I had five thousand dollars, I would have won the Thunderdome this week. Well, you wouldn't have built that lineup for the Thunderdome. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, or pe- people that are like, like uh, I played the quarter arcade, and uh, tell me what tell, and, and, and you see this on Reddit. I troll. I I I lurk on Reddit because I because sometimes you get some. What really... is DFS Reddit like? I know nothing about. Oh, DFS, DFS Reddit, Reddit is is it's the blind leading the blind. That's why you know sometimes <laughs> reading it. Uh, no, where, where people go that uh, these these top players, these top pros, like they're they're not good. Like they built a lineup that only scored 174 this week. Like I had a lineup in the quarter arcade that had 186 and won ten ten dollars, and like the guy won a hundred thousand dollars, like with a lineup of 174. It's like. Like, yeah, but, like, the cash line was, like, fucking 150. Like, like, there's no bad lineups in that contest. Like, you have to you have to be willing, number one, to put $10,000 on the line, $5,000 on the line, and beat the best players in the world more often than not. You got one lineup on one slate in one contest that, because people, people ask me that. They go, how do I, how do, like, like, they get worried, Pete, right? They're like, I'm going to build 20 lineups. And I'm I'm the most scared that I'm gonna play I'm gonna play the the, the quarter arcade right so like I think I got an email like this just recently uh, if I play the quarter arcade if I play uh, twenty lineups in the quarter arcade for five dollars uh, to win that contest especially in NFL it's like essentially the same size as the milli right I mean like you're playing a contest with like two hundred thousand entries and they're like well I don't want to build a lineup that's so good that only wins five thousand dollars. Like if that lineup is so good, I want to win, I want to win a million dollars. I go, well, if you want to do that, then feel free to spend $3,500 to max out, you know, feel feel free to spend $3,000 to max out the, it's like, well, I I don't want to risk that. I said, yeah, you got to risk it for the biscuit, baby. I mean, like, that's like, like, that's what you, why are you so concerned about some other contest? Just build the best lineups you can for the contest that you're in, move up stakes when you want, or Feel free, like we always say, take out a loan. If it's so easy to build 150 lineups, go go to your, go to your local bank, get a PPP loan, right? They apparently give away money no matter what. You, you could fraudulently claim anything to get one of those loans and then start max entering the milli and let's, let's see who survives. Most likely than not, you're not. Most likely survival of fittest means, you know, what, you, you, you always get this in industries. Whatever happened to that guy? It's like, yeah, he failed. Like that's what that's what happened because that's you know it's, we live in a capitalist society, so you know anyone that you don't see in the lobby now that you saw three years ago, most likely either they you know they sold something they cashed out and they're gone or something some other business endeavor or they they essentially went broke playing. 
Yeah. And part of that is, you know, when people are comparing their results to, you know, what happened in the Thunderdome, it's it's fun because it's I mean, if, if you want to think, uh, uh, what if I got to play LeBron James one on one, you're, you're never winning ever a, a million times. You're not beating LeBron James, but you can go against the top players in the Thunderdome, even though they're better players than you, you can win weeks. You would win. And that, I think that's fun for people to imagine, oh, that could be me. I could be just as good. Not realizing what makes them great is being able to replicate it week after week after week, year after year after year. Right. If you watch high stakes poker on TV, right, they're not doing anything that like you take a look and, you know, it's like, oh, I could beat these people. Like, no, you probably can't. But I mean, you can you compete against those people? Like if you're a great like middle limit player, like you probably you 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 could stand your own against some of the top players in the world. Now, over the course of a hundred sessions, you're probably going to lose. You're probably, you're, you're a loser in the game, but in a single session, you're, you're not that far behind, but it's not a matter of like, they only win X amount of money because they're they're because they're playing for the stakes. No, they're playing, they're playing for the, whatever stakes they are. Like all, all you have to do is compare the, the multiplier. Like I take a look and I like, if you're playing, if you're playing $10 a slate, and you turn $10 into 100 bucks, like, yes, it's $90 in raw money. But, like, if I, if I turned $1,000 into 10000 like, it's the, same, it's the same thing. You're playing against slightly weaker players. I get it. But that doesn't, that, that accounts for what? A difference of 5%, 7% maybe in total edge in, 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 in your play? So, like, if you're able to get a 10 to 15% ROI in like low stakes cash games. It's like step up. Like you're good enough now. Like you're, that's perfect. That's perfectly fine. And, and that's why the screenshot life type of stuff where it's like, like, great. You, you won, you won, you won three $10,000 three mans. Like, yes, it's a lot of raw money, but like any, if someone were to post, I won three, $1 three mans, people would look at them and go like, what are you a fucking idiot screenshotting a, a, a you know, a $9 win. I'm like, really in, re- in, in comparison that it is, it is the same. You're, you're accomplishing the same thing as another player, but obviously in the higher stakes, like the two other opponents that you're playing against are going to be way better than who you may be playing in the $1 level. So to me, it's just a matter of comparing scores. Like, don't, don't, well, he scored a 162 and he beat $10,000 head-to-heads. I scored a 174 and I beat all my $1 head-to-heads. Like, I should, I should play that guy. Yeah, feel free. Go ahead. Go ahead. Try to, try to, go, they, they post, my, my head-to-heads are posted at the lobby. Feel free to t- take me on. You can beat me in a slate or whatever. But, like, don't compare the, the raw number. You st- that's what happens on DFS Reddit, Reddit, Peter. That, that's, that's the, the number one topic of discussion is, like I'm just trying. I'm trying to get 200 points. Yeah, like, that's uh, like, DFS like Reddit. I, I, uh, I, I, what, what? It, why do you go on DFS Reddit? Where's the appeal for you there? Oh, to, to, why? What's it? I want to see what people. What the? I'm. I'm also in Facebook groups. That's yeah. the why. Oh, Pete, that's the Wild West. You got. You got to get into some of these Facebook groups. I, I don't participate, but DFS Reddit. See, okay. Here's the ecosystem. Uh, Twitter is. Uh, amazingly so. I, I know you're going to laugh when I say this. A ma- a Twitter has the most sophisticated audience <laughs> for DFS. No, I mean, I believe it relative to everything else. Right, but sure. you see what goes on at DFS Twitter and you look at, look at these schmucks. Uh, you, got, you get to DFS Reddit 
and you're like, okay, th- these are mostly newer players, mostly cat like semi-casual players. You have a lot of self-promotion in there. Obviously, people on smaller sites posting, here are my plays, here are my picks, here's an article. But then you'll get conversations of like, like, like I'm, I'm, should I play this many contests in this thing? Can I like a lot of stuff that doesn't matter necessarily? And then you read the con, like the typically the 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 original posts is a, a a genuine question. And then sometimes this this shit devolves into like like if you can't play that shit, you better quit. You know what I mean? Like you get that you get, and then people debate each other. I mean, it's not that active. So that's Reddit. So Reddit is like the Reddit. Facebook groups are like the you're you're. I think that the, the Venn diagram of of uh, Facebook groups for DFS and QAnon groups for DFS for 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 anything is like it's, it's a it's, circle. It's, yeah, it's it's close to a circle because uh, I go I, every once in a while. Like I don't set notifications; it's too much shit, so it doesn't come. Yeah. I don't go on Facebook that often. But every if I if I have nothing to do for an hour or something, I'm like. Let's go into the Facebook group and see what see what conspiracies are happening. Let's let's see how how uh, John Travolta and Wayfair and and uh, the cabal is that that the cabal of everyone at Roto Grinders that the, the uh, uh, Empire Maker is a bot and and you know that oh oh the scoring was down for the first three minutes of the slate. That's exactly when DraftKings changes everyone's lineups <laughs> so that that that, that the, the pro players win. I mean. Like there are conspiracies that are in there that like I could, we could do improv for like eight hours and not get to those like it it not even get to those conspiracies where where at the, the 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 DraftKings and FanDuel are actually have a secret merger. I've seen that, but <laughs> they have a secret merger and they and they want to get and uh, FanDuel the reason why they didn't have live scoring was they wanted to get more people over to DraftKings to fill their contests. And that's the only... I'm serious. This is the type of shit that happens in these Facebook groups. And and I, I look at this. Maybe I'm the idiot, Peter. I look at this, and this is like the general audience. And then I wonder why I go on my streams on Saturday and I get so many stupid questions. May, are you doing your own marketing? Is this where you're getting all the people from your streams? You go in these Facebook groups and say, "Hey, check out the theory of DFS Q and A live stream on uh, no, on I don't Saturday post night. at all. I, do, I mean, I don't, I, I don't interact at all. I just, I, 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 and there are thousands of people. These are groups that have like twelve thousand, fifteen thousand, and just every once in a while, I'll go in and go, okay, let's see, let's see if there's, there's a lot of like, like, there's a lot of you have to weed through. Like, are we playing this guy this week, or should I play? Like, you get a lot of that. But I'm going yeah. through, and once I see like like a thing, and then then like a screenshot, and then like it says like 374 comments, I'm like, this is a fight. Let's see, let's see what's going. On. Let's rubber knuck neck in here, and it's some. And a lot of times it ends up being like like uh like one of those slates, one of the the secret chat slates, where like oh, the cash yeah. lineup is like if you go to like literally any projection set, like it's the top optimal, and like like everyone has it. Oh, those are those are the best threads. You go through there, and they they it's they they're not real people. I mean, because people on Facebook a lot of times aren't on Twitter, they aren't on Roto Grinders, they aren't on they aren't even in the content kind of space. So like while like Alex is like we know he's a human being. He's on Awesome shows, right? Like Brick seventy five. He's on like these are people. No, they're mentioning these people as if like these are fucking sentient AI beings 
they're all the same person. Like Osimo and Uticao and Makla, they're they're actually all the same per like and it just devolves into so, all this shit. <laughs> now I have a tree. It's like they they have they they're the DFS equivalent of the Illuminati. Anyone that you think is up to shady stuff, you just group them in the Illuminati. Right. Everyone we're we're all sharing stuff. We're not and and it and both things could be true at the same time. So for instance, yeah. all 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 the top players are all colluding with one another. Right, they're all colluding with one another, but they're also the same person. So they, it could be both. They're all they're all colluding. They're fifty different people colluding, but they're also not even fifty people. It's just one person. And by the way, they're a bot. Right, they're so they're not even a person. So it's not even one person. So they're fifty. Are they? So I would look and go. So are they fifty bots, or is it one bot simulating fifty people? Is it one bot that has fifty accounts? Is the bot real? Are we all real? Are we living in a computer simulation? But that's the reason why I read this stuff, Peter. It's it's uh, it's 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 entertaining to see, but it, but it's 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 commonplace. Like it, it gets to the point where where like it's if it doesn't come up like once a week, like I'm almost disappointed. I'm almost feels like like where was my entertainment? Well, now I feel like this sets up a really interesting dynamic where people are going to go from this show to uh, fantasy football, DFS, Reddit, and Facebook groups. I mean, it's going to be quite the whiplash uh, in thinking about fantasy football for them. Uh, well, uh, if they don't go there, they should go to uh, to your YouTube channel. The, the link is is in the description. Uh, I, I said to you before the show, uh, you were able to, to beat me out in Twitter followers. So I know you were needling me about that in the sweat show last year. <laughs> that we were wow. like kind of together. I, I put a chip on your shoulder. You still remember that? I remember everything. I trust me. I remember everything. And and so you're like you you passed me in Twitter followers. I'm probably not going to catch up. You're doing way too many fleets. I'm way I'm way behind on fleets. So uh, so I like I'm 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 getting close to you for YouTube subscribers. I really like over the past you know two months. Like I went from nearly nothing to like ah now now if I could. If I could pass Peter Overs any YouTube subscribers, it's like, I, are YouTube subscribers worth more than Twitter followers? Uh, that's tough. I mean, definitely in how you can monetize. I mean, YouTube has a monetization infrastructure. I think now, I think what you're provoking me to do, I need to do a Saturday night live stream at the same time as you, <laughs> where I just yell at people and berate them for how stupid they are. And maybe, maybe I can keep pace. Is that, is that, but that's not part of your brand. No, it's not. It's not. Cuz I don't Could, feel could you confident. do that? Could you would do, do, if you if you ever want to dabble. If you ever want to oh, dabble. Of course I could do that. I could do I could do I could do a parody show of you for an hour just yelling at people. <laughs> uh, I could do that. I'm going to tune in. Maybe, no, maybe this. How about this? Sometime when you like you go on another one of your cruise ship vacations. You give me the keys to your YouTube channel for one night only, and I do a Q&A show where I just yell at people for the hour in your stead. Why don't, why don't, why don't we do that for the Week 17 slate? Okay, well, well let's do it. Okay, week, it week 17, because that, that Week 17 is like one of those slates where like half the teams have nothing to play for, and we sometimes don't even know who's going to fucking play, right? It's one of those, like, Jesus, who knows what the hell's going to happen. So that that's what we'll do. We it, it, uh, you want to mark that down? What is week seventeen? What date is that? It's probably like uh, it's always like the week of Christmas. Generally, I want right. to. Are you are you free then? We'll do it. Uh, I'm, I'm we'll, setting the date. We'll we'll circle back, but I we'll we'll do it. We'll do Pete okay. impersonates Blender 
for a Q and A stream. Okay, because I, I that's why I'm 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 keeping you within the skin of the game, the accountability. It's been recorded, right? Because I like week seventeen, you'll do, and I'll and you know what I'll do? I'm gonna tune in and I'm gonna try to ask as many stupid questions as possible. I can't. Yeah, wait. you got to do the I forward can't. hat, right? You got to do the forward hat. This is the way you got to do the right the right curve on the brim. You got to. I know. It's it's a baseball yes, cap, Pete. It's a it's a it, it's but it's supposed to be worn like this. Oh, trust me, I know. When I was a kid, uh, I had one of those things that actually forced the curve for you, so you leave your hats up on the shelf, and it kept them nice there. My mom would be like, "I can't even see your eyes. It's like this." Yeah, but that's the, that's the way it's supposed to be. That's right. Um, so well, so yeah. You so, I, I, but you're gonna do it on my channel, or you're not gonna like lie. It, it can't, we can't cheat. Because I know what you're gonna try to do. Because you want to get more YouTube subscribers, you're gonna no. go. I'm gonna I'm gonna do the double stream and then direct people no. to, to to your it, channel. The bit only works if if people show up for your stream and then it's you, like the <laughs> thumbnail has to be you and then they just show up and it's me pretending to be you. Right. So that that yeah. that, that I I think that's a good I think that would be funny. All right. Are you are it. you are you gonna do it for as long as I normally do it? Probably not. Okay, Probably so you'll not. do it as long as long as you can keep up the the bit. It feels like about a thirty minute thing for me. Okay, I think that that's that's all people are going to get for week seventeen. So that <laughs> so right there and and go. and obviously, uh, if people are on the YouTube channel listening and and watching this, they'll know it's coming. But it's going to be much more funny for the people that don't. Yes, I what there. What's the Venn diagram of people who watch your Q and A live streams and listen to these? Because it seems like different groups. Uh, I don't know. I, it's a, I would have to look at the analytics. I, I've, I have no <laughs> idea. But I'm going to tweet it out. I'm not going to say that it's you doing me. I'm just going to just, just going to yes. appear as normal, right? Just I'm going to tweet what I normally tweet at 10 p.m. Just live, ask stupid questions with the link. I'll give you my log. I'll give you my you know the RMTP server information, whatever, to to connect with your software, and I'll sit back and I'll watch. That's right. The it will not be mentioned from here on out. It will live on this show, and Jordan and I will orchestrate behind the scenes. Week seventeen, you guys will be in for a treat. Okay, so check out Peter Overzet on Twitter, on his YouTube channel. Links are in the description. Uh, thanks for uh, for for stopping by on an extra helpings episode of the Theory of DFS podcast, which you can find. With the course, 15-hour audio DFS masterclass, theoryofdfs.com. Uh, if I, you could check out ship chasing and lols and and the bankroll challenge and uh, and. Uh, I remembered my other one that I do. I do the uh, the tilt space in the shows for line movement. That's the show I do with Leone and, and Holka. If you want a live sweat with us, if you enjoyed Jordan's sweat shows last year we do it for an hour on sundays at 6 30 p.m eastern right i love the way that you you you, you, you finally remembered you did another show on top of that Hi, and, and and you do splash play twice a week with spags yeah right so all all of those links all of everything i'm, I'm just uh, Peter, don't, don't, you, i have a link tree and you can just put the one in there uh that'll save you some time oh so you have a link tree oh i was gonna go and just cut and paste and just Oh, you can cut and paste. All you you are the ruler of your show notes. Whatever you do is fine with right. me. Right. I'm 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 going to treat you like a proper guest and give you all the links. Wow, thank you. Okay, so until next week, that has been another edition of the Theory of DFS podcast.